Welcome to Southern Lawyer, where we bring you real stories from real lawyers. I'm Kimberly Payton Jones, and today I'm talking to my good friend and former client, Dr. Dwight Owens. Dr. Owens is an Atlanta-based psychiatrist, and he treats a number of lawyers in his practice. And today we're talking about the importance of self-care. So I am with Dr. Dwight Owens today. How are you, Dr. Owens? Just great. Good. So I wanted to talk to you about self-care, particularly as it pertains to professionals, because we hear a lot about the term self-care. It's a buzzword I hear a lot. So one, can you just define what self-care is? From a perspective of wellness, when it comes to, especially when it comes to the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit, self-care would be the utilization of different methods or modes to bring the body back into balance or back into focus. One thing I always say here with my patients is a a healthy body is a healthy mind and a healthy body is a healthy body, sort of reciprocal. So when you think about self-care, it's kind of specifically to those things that brings your body back into balance or make you feel your sense of wellness or wholeness. So some people think of self-care as sort of a new age concept. Do you think that self-care is, is something that's real? That's something that people need to be mindful of? Oh, definitely. People have to be mindful of it because, for example, that people that wake up every day with a headache, that's not normal. That could be the signal of some other internal disease process, course cancer, hypertension, or a number of other diseases, or it could be a signal of stress. There are people that go, they lay down, they're tired, they wake up, they're tired. That's a person who definitely needs not only an actual physical, but need to maybe talk to a professional about some caveats of self-care. Because if your body is out of sync, then you're not performing optimally. You know, you're, you're maybe working or you're going to work and you're just barely making it through. And at the end of the week, you're totally exhausted. But the body has biorhythms. And when things are out of sync, you cannot function. You can't even remember. You're supposed to have a deadline here. You got a patient to see there or brief attorney here or a meeting over there. And I thought, wow, everything just gets so out of whack. So what do you say for, you know, a busy attorney with a practice? And they're like, look, I don't have time for self-care. What advice do you give to that person? Well, for a busy attorney, I think one thing they have to do because they're at the mercy of the courts and the judges They have to build in vacations. And I think when they take a vacation, the word staycation has to be alleviated from their vocabulary. Because if an attorney, i.e., stays in town for his or her vacation, what essentially happens, they begin to work on a brief, make a phone call, or run by the office. So if it's going to be a vacation, they need to take the time to plan that vacation. I think depending upon how busy your practice is, how busy your obligations are, you need to look at time vacation. I think every six to eight weeks, there has to be a breather. An early Thursday, take the Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I mean, what I do is, generally speaking, I never work any of the Monday holidays, but you should travel. You could take a trip to one of a near a two-hour plane ride to maybe New York if you're in Atlanta. If you're in California, you may want to go over to Las Vegas, but you have to plan those vacations, and they have to be timed 
and kind of placed on the books, just like anything else. Because if you know, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself working into a slump and you look up and it's been eight months and you've had no time off. So I basically tell my patients to at least do something once per quarter, but optimally once every six to eight weeks. Time off, shut down. Six to eight weeks, that sounds actually pretty aggressive. Mm -hmm. So what happens if somebody hits that eight-month mark and they haven't had time for a vacation and they have just been working around the clock? What are some of the signs that you definitely need to take some time to take care of yourself? Okay. One sign is going to be headache, of course. Disrupted sleep. For example, problems initiating sleep. Problems maintaining sleep. You find yourself waking up at 2 o'clock, then at 4 o'clock. Then you find just getting up at 6 o'clock and go to work. Forgetting the small details. You had a recital at 4 o'clock. You think about it at 3.45, and there's no way you can get there at 4 o'clock and you disappoint your child. You're supposed to go by the grocery store to pick up just a small meal for the evening. You go right past the grocery store. You find yourself in the driveway like, I forgot to go by the grocery store. And you know this is taco night, and the entire family's disappointed. Forgetting obligations, forgetting to pay a bill, such as your own phone bill, your child wants to go to call you from school for lunch money, and the phone's not working. Now, of course, that can be corrected, but it wasn't that you didn't have the money to pay the phone bill. You just got busy. So what happens is, in the grand scheme of things, with all of your obligations, the Sprint phone bill just doesn't, it's just not at the top. Because you know if you forget to pay the bill, you can pay it, it comes right back on. But that could be a split second in moment that your child could need you, and there's no phone. And if anything happens in that split second of moment, and your child could have reached you and he couldn't, that becomes the trauma that stays there for life. So it becomes very important that once you begin to see yourself gaining weight, feeling bloated, excessive burping, hair coming out, nails becoming brittle, those are things that are signs of stress. Diarrhea, problem digesting your food, red eye, skin excoriation, all these are signs that there's something could be going on. And sometimes the way our body signals us with stress is through physical manifestations. Okay, because when I'm listening to what you're saying, forgetting things, that sounds like so many people I know. Mm -hmm. So what can you do in the interim between the six and the eight weeks <laughs> of vacation? What are some things that you should be putting in place of your daily life to make sure you don't get to the point where you're forgetting things? I think one thing you could do is, I think exercise is a very important component of our life because that gets the endorphins going. I think a regular regimen of exercise and physical activity. Well, I have kids. Well, this is the key if you have kids. Kids like the park. You can go with your kids to the park. I mean, they're swinging, you're pushing. They're doing exercise, you can move with your kids. That's a form of exercise. Or Today, dad takes them. Today, mom and the girls or the co-workers walk around the track four or five times, talk about anything. You can even talk about a business proposal. But while you're out there, you're walking around the track. You've done three or four miles while working on a smaller plant or some type of charity project. But we have to make exercise a part of our life. The next thing that's going to be important as far as cognitive clearness is water intake. A lot of us drink caffeine, coffee, monster drinks, all these things to sort of keep us going. But you have to be very careful with caffeinated beverages, especially these things, monster, this, I don't drink any of that kind of stuff, but you got to be very careful what you're putting in the body. A lot of this stuff has stimulants. And these things tend to speed up the heart rate, speed up your functioning, but they also can impair cognition because it's speed. So 
if you're taking Vyvanse and it's prescribed speed, that's one thing. But if you're taking a whole bunch of other stuff along with prescribed medications, because a lot of people get so disorganized to go see the psychiatrist and da da da, but they also do other things with that. And that really gets you all disorganized. But water intake, exercise, planning your day. If you know you have a big court case coming up on June 5th, don't plan to do a major masquerade ball on the, the first weekend in June because that takes a lot of execution and time. And you're going to have all these things on your plate. You're going to forget something. So trying to keep a schedule and then looking at your schedule in advance. You know, how far out do you plan a vacation? How far out do you plan a charity event? Now, when it comes to getting cases on the, on the books, that's between you, the judges, and the court clerk. You don't have a lot of control over that. But once you know what your schedule looks like, it is what it is. I know every day when I walk in the door, I know what my schedule looks like. Sometimes in the morning before I have my morning meditation and prayer, I look and see just what my day is going to look like. And it's always good to have a good idea of what your day looks like. And it's also good to have a start time and a stop time. A lot of professionals don't have a stop time. You have to have a stop time, especially if you have children and you're married, because there's a time requirement for all of us. When you're younger in school, you can work to seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. But when you have a family and you're married and the other obligations, you may want to look at five thirty, six o'clock as your stop time. Now there may be some rare occasions where you really got to do some things late at night, but that start and stop time, I'm not gonna pick up or open that computer until eight thirty, and I'm gonna stop a hard stop at five thirty. I do some soft stuff around seven, seven fifteen, but I'm not gonna do work all night every day because you burn out. You have said so many things. One thing uh, you said that I want to touch upon is prayer and meditation. How important is that to you in particular, but how do you think that's also something that sh other professionals should have? Literature has shown that prayer and meditation really works. Yoga, things that bring you in touch with your own internal systems or karma or whatever you choose to face it as. I believe in morning devotion or prayer every morning at 6 or 7 o'clock. I mean, you may want to actively pray or you may want to listen to some type of music, but there has to be something in the morning that gets you started, that puts you in touch with your spirituality. Now, I don't know whether you, you could be Buddha, you could be Christian. There's a lot of things. I personally am a Christian, but that should be something that gets you in touch with your own spirituality to start your day. And, you know, people go to church on Sunday, so that's a different kind of caveat. But every day, I think if you really began to just sort of balance your day, because you never know what the day holds. Your ability to handle that day is something called resilience. And I think the more resilient people are those people that are prepared, because there's certain things you just can't prepare for. And life is just gives us a lot of different apples and oranges in the same football. So I guess what I'm hearing you saying is like having some type of spiritual connection to handle some stressful things that might happen mm -hmm. in your day. If you get hit with an emergency hearing, it's important to have some type of spiritual connection. Grounding. If you've already prayed, you know, God, it's going to be a good day. Give me the strength to handle no matter what comes my way. When you get the call for the emergency hearing, you're like, oh, okay, I got it. You pull the file down, review the file, and we to the courthouse. As opposed to you're not sleeping, you're all over the place, up all night, drinking a bunch of coffee, 
then bounce it off with alcohol at nighttime because you had so much caffeine. Now you gotta have alcohol to bring you down. You wake up with headaches all over the place. You wake up, you forgot your earrings, you forgot your car keys. Totally disjointed by the morning. Nine o'clock, you get a call from the court. You gotta be there at 10, 15. Your life is a wreck. I just can't do this because I can't find my keys. The baby is screaming. My husband forgot his medications. My life is over. Pray. I can handle this. Take a deep breath. It's going to be cool. Now, you also mentioned family. And that's something that's interesting to me because I had a good friend who is an attorney. And you know, he's an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial type. About six, seven practice areas. Always trying to make money. And he said it ultimately ended up negatively affecting his marriage to the point where he is divorced. So how can people be mindful when you do have this pressure of supporting your family and balancing that with spending time with your family? Well, I think that you have to look at who we are and who you are as a person. I think that everybody needs a good psychotherapist, a psychoanalyst, because I don't know your friend, but my question would be to him, what made him or her think that I need more and more and more and more? Usually depending upon your background. A lot of times people come from impoverished settings. Whenever they go to the restaurant, they just clean their plate. And it's called the clean your plate syndrome. It's because when you were a child and you come from a setting that's impoverished, you clean that plate. Don't put nothing in the trash can. However, there's sometimes when you're already full and you're just gorging. So if your friend had looked at his bank account, no matter how many more acquisitions he was adding, he probably wasn't adding much more to the bottom line. But what was happening is he was pulling more time away from his family for a couple of extra thousand dollars, whether it was 10, 50, whatever thousand dollars. But the end effect is now Johnny doesn't have a father. Now Jane has to go spend this weekend with father and that week with mother. Now it looks cute. It's great on paper. But when you grow up and the household is out of balance, those kids are out of balance. Because they started with a household imbalance with the mother and the father. Theory of internal objects. Now it's been disrupted. So kids that have a loss of a parent before the age of 12 are set up for depression. Loss of a parent to death the divorce, foster's care system, whatever those issues are, is still loss of a parent. And a lot of times we're not thinking about those things when we're trying to make those extra dollars. So tell me more about this, because I really am intrigued by the whole concept of having firm start and end times. Well, for example, I was doing some part-time work at another place, and I started doing one to five, and it got to be one to six. I was the one at one to eight o'clock, and I was like, it was dark. I left out with a little small thin lady in the parking lot. I was like, it was in an interesting part of town. <laughs> and I was like, if somebody hits me in the head and I get a traumatic brain injury and I can't remember my medications in the precise way to formulate the diet dosages, is this money that I just made really worth it? And that was the last week I worked there. Now, about, I take my last patient around 3, 3.15. So I get out of here between 4 and 5. I get a chance to go to dinner, work out, 
or just watch Family Feud. Now, there may be some times when I, the latest I've been stuck here is 5.15, but I've never been here at 6, 7 o'clock at night like I was at the other place. So you have to look at, because if you think about it, even if you as an attorney went to court, the court closed at 5 o'clock. And I don't know, unless it's some great case, I don't think judges and bailiffs and those people stay in the court all night because you've got to pay staff, the bailiffs, the court. Those people are on county time. So if you think about it, the normal work hours are 8, 30, 5 o'clock, 9 to 5. But we as professionals sometimes push, 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 and have everything going past a firm stop time. And meanwhile, the raviolis on the stove and is about to burn because you've got to take, you got you in the last paragraph that if you don't get a paragraph into next week, it's not going to make a big difference anyway. But now the dinner's burned. You've got to call Uber Eats. You know, it's just, it's just too much. But those firm stop times on your calendar and you can have one late day. I'm, I'm taking late, I'm doing late work Thursday or I'm going to my meetings on Fridays because Usually meetings happen after hours. Think about this. If you got your sorority meeting on Monday, the church ministers meetings on Friday, 100 black men and 100 black women on Thursday, and you're working late every day, you'll never get home. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you finally get home, you see your child, you're trying to do play or act play, then you wake up and he's in the third grade and he can't read. So you're bringing him to me for ADD, and I say, no, he don't have ADD. He can't read. And you're looking at me like, what are you saying? I pull out a book, ask your child to read. He doesn't know basic phonics. Well, the school should have taught him that. No, school doesn't teach phonics and curriculum anymore. They don't even teach cursive writing anymore. But you have to know what's going on in the school. But you've been so busy doing medicine, doing business entrepreneur, getting people out of jail, being an attorney, until you forgot to even look at the curriculum for your child. So now he can't read. So they'll take his scores in the third grade and use that to calculate how many jails to get 10 years down the road. So even as professionals, we have to, I'm sitting here today like, okay, where is my summer vacation? It will not be in America. But those hard stop times are very, very important because if you don't have a hard stop time, you end up running over. It's like a car, the car will tell you low fuel but it's not going to tell you when there's no fuel. Well, what if somebody's like, look, Dr. Owens, that's all well and good, what you're talking about, but I got to make my money. I got mortgages to pay. Mm -hmm. So I got to work these extra hours. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that person? Well, I tell them that what you can do, a nice exercise is always to go to a graveyard and just walk through. <laughs> and there's always birth dates and there's all death dates. And there's going to be short lifespans and they're gonna be long lifespans. So once you walk through the graveyard, they have to make a decision. Very poignant. So one thing you just mentioned, which reminded me of something you always do, is watching Family Feud. So I think it's, I like that because it's like, it's a routine. How, like how important is that to find something that you like to do, whether it's 
watching Family Feud or Jeopardy or whatever it is and just taking that time to do it. Because you, there's something, like the thing with Family Feud to me is that I like to be challenged with who's going to answer what and get stressed out at which family's going to answer the wrong questions because it's, just, it's total free fun. But my all-time favorite is just Judy. I love just Judy. You know, she's a mess. But I think that you have to have something. You know, Facebook can be alive and social media, all that's great. But you have to have something that's going to be very little brain power that you enjoy to do. And whether it's swimming, racquetball, volleyball, doing something that's physical. And of course, you always got to find some service project, something to do to give back in the community. I think that's just so important. And those service projects and doing those things that make us whole. Because you can make all the money in the world and then you can be unhappy at the end of the day. And I think I do find that a lot of cases where there are people that make a lot of money, but they're not happy. And if you just made all this money and all these riches and you got all these cases, all these clients and all these patients and your family's like gone, it's for naught. Who are you gonna share it with? Who are you gonna go on vacation with? Yourself? Very profound. Well, Dr. Owens, thank you so much for being with me today, www.psychiatryofatlanta. And I think you see a lot of attorney patients, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we will be hearing from Dr. Owens in the future. I want to thank Dr. Owens for speaking with me today. He's given me quite a bit to think about. And I actually think I'm going to clear some things from my schedule. So I'm going to challenge all of us to instead of seeing how much we can pack into our days, to instead see how much we can trim from our schedules. This is Southern Lawyer, and I'm Kimberly Payton-Jones. Thank you for listening.